Hello, and welcome to the Navigating Childhood Cancer podcast. In this podcast, we explore all aspects of a child's cancer diagnosis. We'll speak with parents, experts, caregivers, and maybe even the children themselves to understand the issues, the risks, the struggles, and the triumphs. My name is Heather, and this is the information I wish I had when my child was diagnosed with leukemia. Thank you for being here, and welcome to Episode 8. Today, I'm coming to you with some updates and a funny story. The first update is about one of the many milestones that we've hit along the way. If you've listened to previous episodes, you may have heard me say that my child is approaching the end of treatment. My child has been undergoing treatment for leukemia since June 2021, and the treatment is scheduled to end in October 2023 provided, of course, that everything continues to go well. I never want to count my chickens before they hatch, but there is currently no reason to believe that anything should change in the next two months. So, I'm very optimistic, and one of the exciting things that is starting to happen is that we are starting to experience some lasts. For example, the start of the last cycle of treatment, the last dose of a certain type of medication, And last week, my child had the last lumbar puncture of this treatment protocol. Lumbar punctures have been a very regular part of treatment for my child. They are necessary because they allow the team to access and then test the cerebrospinal fluid, or CSF. As it was explained to me, The CSF can be a sanctuary for leukemic cells, which means that there is a likelihood that the cancer cells could grow there and in that location that they could also evade treatment. For this reason, once a child has been diagnosed with leukemia, it is important to test the CSF regularly for leukemic cells and to treat it directly with chemotherapy. You can learn more about lumbar punctures or leukemia in general by visiting aboutkidshealth.ca. This is a health education website for children, youth, and their caregivers that is published by SickKids Hospital, and it has been an important source of information for me over these past two years. It is amazing. So my child's last lumbar puncture was one just like every other. My child was not celebrating, not really looking forward to the occasion, but of course, I'm there feeling celebratory and embarrassing my child for making a big deal about these things. I made a point of mentioning it to members of our care team throughout our morning, when we arrived to have the port accessed, when we met with our doctor, and even when we entered the room where the lumbar puncture was to be performed. I said, we think this is the last lumbar puncture, and the nurse or doctor would check their records and say, indeed, It is the last lumbar puncture, or LP. There was some kind celebratory words from everyone who acknowledged what a big deal it was and how thrilled they were that we were at this final stage of treatment. There was a celebratory feeling to our visit that day, including the fact that one of the nurses who was in the treatment room for that last LP had actually been there with us when my child had the first LP over two years ago. I remember her distinctly, not only because I've come to know her over the past two years, 
but also because of what she said to me on that first day when I was standing beside the bed as they were preparing for treatment. I had tears in my eyes and fear in my heart. And when it came time for me to leave the room, once my child had been put under, she turned to me and said, okay, you can step outside now, but don't worry. We'll take good care of him. (laughs) Of course, on that first day, I went out into the hallway and sobbed. (laughs) The diagnosis was new at that time, and it was a pretty hard day. But this time, I stepped out into the hallway and marveled at how far we've come and what an unbelievable achievement it was to have finally arrived at this monumental day. It just deserved recognition. I felt enormous gratitude to all the care providers who helped us to get here, and of course, my endless respect for my child who has endured it all. What a feat. What a fucking accomplishment. And I'm sorry for my language. If you've listened to previous episodes, you know that I'm not one to use colorful language, but again, this is just a day like no other. So finishing that final lumbar puncture was an achievement that required a little bit of celebration after the appointment as well. And my child and I have a tradition of going for breakfast after treatment on lumbar puncture days because the child is not allowed to eat anything before the treatment. So after treatment is over, it's important to go out and get something good to eat. And breakfast just happens to be our our tradition. That particular day, my child's LP happened a little bit later than usual, because there were so many kids scheduled for LPs that day. So by the time we left the hospital, all the breakfast places were closed. And... Fortunately, we were able to go for breakfast the next morning, and because my other kids were home for the summer holidays, they were able to join us. So we enjoyed a nice breakfast out (laughs) to celebrate that final LP. And I haven't been able to stop smiling about the fact that we achieved this milestone. As I mentioned, my child still has two more months of treatment, which at this point, now only entails oral chemotherapy. I will give you an update once treatment has finally completed. Of course, I'm going to be probably doing an episode about what that feels like at that time. Okay, so another update I have to share with you today is that Suzanne, who was my guest in episode 7, has followed up with me to add a couple of songs to our Spotify playlist. I have created a playlist of songs that either remind us of or helped us through various stages of these past two years. And you can learn more about this music in episode four of this podcast. I asked Suzanne during our conversation if she had any songs that she'd like to add to the playlist. And she couldn't think of any on the spot, but she followed up with me to share a song that she recommended adding to the playlist, which I've done. The song is called Dirty Paws, by Of Monsters and Men. I've listened to it a few times and don't really know what it's about, but it's kind of a moody song that contains sort of some visuals or imagery about children. It's talking about a boy who cuts the grass. It's talking about dragonflies and creatures with four paws uh, who live in the forest. And it's kind of mythical and 
I didn't get an explanation for Suzanne as to why she wanted to add that song to the playlist, but I like it. I like the fact that it's an adult song, but it seems to have a little bit of a childish theme to it. And obviously, we are here talking about children, so it really just feels like it fits. Thank you to Suzanne for adding that song to our list. I know it must be special to you and your family in some way. And this is a standing reminder to all who may be listening right now. Please don't hesitate to reach out to let me know if you have a song that you'd like to add to this playlist. I'm always open to your suggestions. Okay, so now for my funny story. It's actually more of a fun story than it is funny. And it has to do with Taylor Swift. Yes, there is a Taylor Swift song on the Navigating Childhood Cancer podcast playlist that I just mentioned, but this story has something to do with something very different. So we live in Toronto, and the Toronto dates for Taylor's Eras tour went on sale this past week. In fact, it was actually on the same day that my child's lumbar puncture was scheduled. I registered for my chance to purchase tickets along with just about everyone I know. And my daughter was the only person I know who received the code to buy the tickets. And the rest of us, millions of other people, were waitlisted. This created a dilemma. I had to be in hospital with one child for an LP while my other child was planning to be online to try to buy tickets to the Taylor Swift concert at 11 a.m. that day. I really wanted to help her on the computer at that time, knowing how tricky it can be to get through on these online ticket sales events. So our solution was for my daughter to accompany us to the hospital along with her computer so that we could try to buy the tickets while we were there in the waiting room. The first step was to log into the account at 10:30 AM and then to be let into the online queue at 11. We had arrived at the hospital approximately 8 a.m. and had been to various points throughout our morning, had blood work taken, had been to see our oncology doctor, and were in the waiting room waiting for the lumbar puncture. When my daughter was allowed into the queue at 11 o'clock, she was number 8,600 in line for tickets. And that number seemed really high but it only took about half an hour for the queue to move and for my daughter to become the next in line for selecting her seats. But as you can imagine, she had to move quickly because the available seats were literally disappearing before our eyes once she was granted access to the seat map. There was some excitement as she selected her tickets and some stressful exchanges once the tickets were in her shopping cart as we tried to check out. But ultimately, we managed to purchase those two tickets to the concert which will be held in November 2024. I'm not really trying to be irreverent by sharing this story. I'm sharing it only as a funny anecdote for how life happens around cancer treatment. I've done a lot of things while waiting in that waiting room. In addition to waiting patiently alongside my child for treatment to begin, I've met with our pharmacist, I've had difficult conversations with various members of our care team, As well, I've participated in conference calls for work, I've edited work documents, I've scheduled other appointments, I've registered kids for their activities, and now we've managed to purchase tickets to the Taylor Swift concert. 
all while sitting there waiting for my child to be called in for a lumbar puncture. Certainly, if my child had been called in for the LP during that whole episode on the computer, I would have had have left my daughter there in that moment in order to accompany my other child to the LP, and it would have been fine. But there was something really fun about the drama of waiting and hoping that we weren't going to get called in in the middle of all of the excitement around trying to purchase the tickets online. You know, I've said it before that Sick Kids is a magical place, and I believe it must have been magic at work that day because we managed to buy the tickets and our efforts were not interrupted by the call for treatment. So it was yet another reason for celebration and a good news day for our family all around. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to learn more, you can find us online at navigatingchildhoodcancer.com and on social media at NCC Podcast. If you and your family are on this journey, I am so sorry. I hope you'll stay to listen and that you'll find something valuable here. If you'd like to share your perspective, please reach out. If you know someone whose child is living with a cancer diagnosis, I also invite you to stick around and to share this podcast with your community. Truly, we can only get through this together.